0: Welcome to another episode of the Hashtag Woke Podcast. I'm your host today, Emma Warmby, and in this episode, we'll be talking about mental health in Indigenous communities. So what is mental health? By definition, according to an article posted by MentalHealth.gov, mental health is a person's emotional, psychological, and social well-being. This affects how a person thinks, feels, and acts in certain situations. A person's mental health also helps to determine how they react to stress in everyday life. For example, if a person were to have good mental health, they would go about their day with a positive attitude and would react relatively well to stress. But, if a person were to struggle with a mental disorder such as anxiety or depression, they would have a much harder time dealing with everyday stress. When someone is struggling with a mental disorder, they may start eating and sleeping too much or too little, isolating themselves, smoking, drinking, or using drugs more than usual, feeling forgetful, on edge, angry, or upset, or unable to perform simple daily tasks. a little bit about what mental health is I'm going to talk about what it's like in indigenous communities. As it is known to most, a lot of indigenous people struggle with their mental health. According to an organization called Here to Help, a survey from 2002 to 2003 showed that 70% of adults in indigenous communities felt an imbalance in their mental health. This may make you wonder, where did these mental health issues begin? and why do so many people struggle to cope? Most of the adults in these indigenous communities would say that their mental health issues stem from their experiences with residential schools, whether that be directly or indirectly. The abuse and neglect that they have experienced because of these schools has led them to this point. In an interview with CBC News, Louise Longclaws shares her experience with Brandon Indian Residential School, where she spent six years.
1: And it always goes back to being robotic. No feeling, no emotions. I wasn't able to parent my children as well as I wish I could have. No one ever read to me. You know, no one ever came and cuddled me or, you know, uh, gave me a hug if if I was feeling um, sad. Did your your parents go to residential schools? Yes, they did. She just told me that um, she had actually gotten uh, uh, punched in the face for speaking her language. And she flew across the room. She said... "Mm, Um, landed against a rad, and her tooth uh, protruded through her upper lip so she had a scar on her lip. She did not teach us um, her language which was Ojibwe because she didn't want us to experience what she went through. It was her way of protecting us. My dad he just kind of said you know what he says with you he says um we were like little robots we were like little um soldiers he says we used to used to parade around like soldiers, he said, and we were so hungry. And that's where he learned how to eat raw potatoes. I used to wonder why he used to eat raw potatoes, but they were hungry.
0: Louise Hall also did an interview with CBC News where she spoke out about her experience with Pine Creek Residential School, where she spent one year.
2: As a five-year-old child, you walk into the school and you see so many other children crying and then you have the older children come to you and tell you not to cry because it's gonna get worse. But to walk up those stairs and to hear this woman speaking like English and telling me, like, get in that shower and um, wash yourself, wash everything off, take that brown, wash off that brown skin. And there was soap. I don't know what kind of soap it was, but it burned. Like, I remember the burn. I, grew up hating my the color of my skin. I wanted to be white. I was broken inside, like thinking how can how can I make that change to be accepted in society? To go to a public school and to be ridiculed because you're Indian or the names that were given to you and I never had the the knowledge of how to stand up and say, this is my brown skin, and I'm proud of it.
0: CBC News has conducted many interviews just like these two, and there are so many other stories to listen to.
2: My name is Alice Little dear. I'm 78 years old. The boys got the most uh, beating. They used to... Uh, Call it bench party, and it was usually done after supper. And that's where I got frightened,
1: because I saw blood. My name is Raymond Mason. I'm 62 years old, and I attended residential school for 12 years. I remember when we had to shower. Um, we, uh, you know, you gonna have to show me how to shower and clean and wash myself. How to wash my private and my, you know, private part parts of your body. You don't have to show a kid once or twice at the most, but not every day. You know, and have uh, the supervisor come in there and and basically take advantage of you. You know. I'm Madeline dion Stout.
2: I'm 62 years old. I'm from the Kheewin First Nation in Alberta. I attended. Blue Quills Residential School for 36 consecutive months, that would be three years. I just remember arriving there and donning new clothes and of course getting a haircut and sitting in a classroom and being with other girls and witnessing my brother get punched by the supervisor.
0: In order to educate the children properly, we must separate them from their families. Some people may say that this is hard, but if we want to civilize them, we must do that. A Federal Cabinet Minister, 1883 Indian children in the residential schools die at a much higher rate than in their villages. But this does not justify a change in the policy of this department, which is geared towards a final solution of our Indian problem. Duncan Campbell Scott, Deputy Superintendent of Indian Affairs. Residential schools were created in the early 1830s as a means for the government to solve the so-called Indian Question in Canada. The Indian Question, as it was called, was a perceived threat posed by Indigenous communities on the construction of the newly forming nation that is now known as Canada. The government wanted to enforce European traditions on the First Nations, Métis, and Inuit children, but this caused many issues. While they were in these residential schools, children were not to speak their native language, they were not allowed to wear the traditional clothes, and they were not allowed to practice ceremonies of any kind. This caused many to lose their culture completely. They lost their language and no longer knew how to speak it. They lost their families, and had no sense of identity. If any child were to break the rules of the school, they would be severely punished. A lot of children were beaten and sexually abused. This continued for 160 years. With the last school closing in Saskatchewan in 1996, it is estimated that over 15,000 children were taken from their families and sent to residential schools. Residential schools are the reason for most children in indigenous communities turning to drugs and alcohol. Their parents who have been to residential schools have not recovered and dealt with their past. Most of them would have turned to drugs and drinking. And although it is most likely because the resources to cope in a healthy way were simply not available to them, they cannot give love that they did not receive themselves. These people were thrown into these schools and stripped of their identity. They were treated as animals rather than humans. They were not shown love and care, but rather violence and hostility. They want to do well for themselves and their children, but they cannot provide something that they were never given. They did not have a warm, safe house to go to and rest at the end of the day. They did not have home-cooked meals. All they had was the clothes on their backs. This is a trend we have seen generation after generation because we are not providing the resources that these people need. There are a lot of people on isolated reserves that just don't have the resources that they need to start talking about what they have been through. It is our job to rebuild the trust and give them the support that they need to move forward. We as a nation need to mend the relationship and fix what has been broken. Thank you for listening.